You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, I'm your inner dream monologue and you're fast asleep, so I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Curtain up theater people and welcome to your program is your ticket. My name is Sean Chandler and I'll be your host. Your program is your ticket is a discussion of smaller theater works and the people and organizations that make it happen. As many of you know, your program is your ticket is a helpful system where your program is literally your ticket to get into the theater and smaller, more intimate productions. It's these works we like to highlight, and it's our goal on this show to feature as many of those as possible while still discussing the biggies. Tonight's show is the first of a new series called Act Two Places. I'm bringing on a series of guests to discuss how COVID-19 affected them and their organizations. It's a cheery topic. As you all know, we've been hit hard with a complete, hopefully temporary, change of lifestyle and business systems during this pandemic, and theater definitely wasn't spared. In fact, theater has undergone one of its biggest shifts, if not the biggest shift in theater in modern history. This series gives theater folks an opportunity to discuss the effects of this shift on them and their organization. My guests on today's show are the critically lauded, award-winning New York neo-futurists. Fans may recognize a few voices, most notably the neo's artistic director, Mr. Rob Neal, who has been a guest on your program as your ticket multiple times. I think I need to start like handing out jackets like they do on Saturday Night Live. I want a jacket. Okay, I'll try. Well, he is back, you just heard him, with members of his very talented team, who are a collective of wildly productive writer, director, performers. That's from their website. And I'm super excited to have the chance to speak with them. So let's bring them on. Hello, New York Neo Futurists, and welcome to Your Program is Your Ticket. Hey! 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 Hey, How's it going? Good, good. It's a little rainy and mucky here in New York City, but... Perfect day to stay in and record a, a, a show, right? Yes, sure. it's so yes. atmospheric. Cool. <laughs> um, let's have you all introduce yourselves and tell us your function with the Neos. Rob, why don't you go first? Okay, sure. Hey, everybody. Hey, Sean. I am Rob Neal, and I am an ensemble member. And as you mentioned, I am also the current artistic director of the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. How about I hand it off to a news? Awesome. Thanks, Rob. Um, yeah, so my name's Anuj Bhandari, um, and I am an ensemble member at the New York New Futurists, and I've been in the ensemble since March 2018. Cool. Let's go. Oh, and I'll pass it to Katie. <laughs> Hello. My name is Katie K. Chalina. Uh, I am an ensemble member in the New York Neo Futurists, and I am super excited that we're all here. And I'm going to pass it 
last but not least to Anthony. Okay. Hi, I'm Anthony Sertel-Dean. I use they, them, and he, him pronouns. I am the technical director for the New York Neo-Futurists. I'm also the sound designer and one of the producers for our current podcast, Hit Play. You guys, like, this guy is so teched out. He has, like, a full-on microphone that he's holding up to his face. If, if you're listening to the podcast of this, and there's, like, a branding behind him. Well, I could definitely take notes from you, Anthony. That's for sure. Um, Bob, why don't you tell our audiences a brief history of the New York neo-futurists? A brief history, yeah. As, as you mentioned, we're a collective of artists and um in 1995, a small collective of artists first came to New York and started the show that we did then, Too Much Light Makes the Baby Go Blind. And we did it for about three years and then uh, disappeared to the uh, different corners of New York uh, artistry and, and wins. <laughs> it was, it was a, a shorter-lived run. And then in 2004, uh, we opened the current branch of the New York Neo-Futurists, again at that point doing a show called uh, Too Much Light Makes the Baby Go Blind, which uh, is similar to what we were doing uh, until the spring of this year, which was the show called The Infinite Wrench. Uh, at that point, our ensemble was 10, and we created the, that show um, twice a week for, for 50 weeks out of the year for those years. And we've expanded the ensemble, and, and people, different people have come in and out over the, the, the last uh, 15, 16 years. We've had... Uh, over 70 different artists do the the shows that we do, probably more than that, because we do more than just uh, one uh, weekend show. And uh, and we've created over, or well, may, maybe just under, but somewhere around the uh, 6,000 play mark in our uh, time since uh, 2004. Uh, a variety of shows and a variety of artists um, getting a, a chance to create as neo-futurists do. That boggled my mind. I remember the first time I met you guys was um, when I interviewed you backstage at the New York Innovative Theater Awards, mm-hmm. where I believe you won uh, that time. <laughs> I've won a few of those, uh, luckily, uh, for, uh, for um, both Too Much Light Makes the Baby Go Blind and The Infinite Wrench. And then we were awarded the Cafe Chino Award one year, which was amazing. Um, and we have won for some of our main stage shows uh, like... Um, oh, let's see which ones have won. It's Mute uh, <laughs> One for Sound Design. There, there are lots of different uh, innovative theater awards that we've been nominated for, and I, I can't recall all the different ones we've won for. Um, but but uh, most recently, we've won for the Infant Wrench uh, at the Innovative Theater Awards, and we also uh, were honored um, with the Honeyberry Award for, I think it's, um, unrecognized. unrecognized. <laughs> there we go. The, <laughs> the queer community. Yeah. Wait, say that again. Yeah, what, the, it was the it was the Honey Bee Award from the Fresh Fruit Festival, which is like a, a queer and LGBTQ theater theater uh-huh. awards thing um, for underrecognized service to the LGBTQ community. I believe was like the tagline of the award. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's super great. cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can appreciate that having been queer myself. So uh, that's it's wonderful. Party on the call. My right? God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, how did the COVID crisis affect the 
uh, New York neo-futurists? There are so many ways in which I think we can answer that. Um, I mean, I think, I think for me, one of the really big ways that, um, like comes, comes to the top of the list is that like, there's a lot of like labor of love that goes into making, um, like a smaller theater company thrive continually. Um, and a lot of the return of that labor of love is the in-person time we get to spend with each other and making and being anything on the spectrum of like poetic and serious to like unhinged and goofy, you know? Um, and so being able to keep like the love of the company central, um, and, and the labor of love that continues to go, to go into sustaining it, even without getting to have that like physical live theater space making, I think has been, been a huge part. Right. And I, and I know for me personally, like one of the things I love about our show is that it's like an inverse of meditation almost like during meditation, the, the idea is to like almost block off all the senses. And when you're performing in the infinite branch, all of your senses are on such high overload that you have no option but to be super present. Um, and so switching to live formats has also challenged just like how I experience that. You know, it's, it's different doing it in a live theater versus like on a screen or, or, or through audio when you can like hear yourself again or see yourself while you're doing the thing. Um, all of the ways that like you interact even with yourself as a performer, those dynamics completely change. So, I mean, those are some things off, off the bat in my mind that come up. Yeah, I would add that um, I think that trying to bend this very spontaneous and very uh, uh, physical form into an online format has been both challenging and sort of a gift uh, because it pushes us to find new ways of creating things and that's really exciting and 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 i do think that there's some joy in that and uh and it's been really difficult especially i mean i there were a few of us in the company who had covid and uh i think learning not only how to um just how to survive but how to how to um use art and and how to pour pour oneself into art as a way of surviving has been uh useful and hard indeed Anthony, yeah, how about you as tech director yeah yeah i mean just from we'll get to you rob i promise <laughs> I mean, from a very practical standpoint, we've just completely had to shift how we make art, as Katie and Anuj were talking about, um, because I feel like it's very much in our nature to constantly be creating. I mean, we put out a show with new work 50 weeks out of the year. So, like, we keep this, this train going at all times. So we've immediately, once we realized this is, we're not going to be able to continue doing our show in the same way, we adapted and tried to think of different ways that we could um, still make work that felt personal and felt uh, pressing and felt like neo-futurist art. Um, so uh, together with uh, an ensemble member, Julia Melfi, uh, she and I came up with the idea to do a kind of podcast version of what we do on stage normally. Um, and so we've been doing that for many weeks. I think we have 40 episodes out right now. Wow. Um, about wild. 150 
plays have been on the podcast. Um, yeah, so still trying to find out. We're, we're and we're still experimenting, like still playing around with a bunch of new things, um, seeing what neo futurist art means in this uh, virtual space and figuring out what we really want to be doing and how we want to be expressing our voices that way. Um, to, to speak to your point, Katie, um, I've often said that when, when your resources get smaller, uh, your imagination can get bigger. Absolutely. Uh, when you, when you have to make something happen and you only have so much creativity really sort of starts to bubble up inside of you. So I, I, I can understand how you would say that it was partly a gift as well. Um, that's that's a, a really nice, positive way of looking at it. Rob, as uh, the artistic director, just so that other artistic directors can hear what it was like for you, what was it like those first couple of days after the hatchet went down? Uh, it was supremely confusing. Um I think uh, a lot of what it was was not knowing what to do. We were in the middle of auditions for the ensemble for a show that we didn't know and still don't know when we do that. We'll do that show again. Right. Right. So we, we had lots of, of discussions because, you know, it's, we're an ensemble, we're a collective, everybody, everybody, we had to decide collectively like what we do. And we, even before there was a, a government regulation that we couldn't gather. We, we had to, we, we stopped doing our shows. We didn't have our callbacks. And, um, and then it, those, those first few days, it, there was a lot of confusion and a lot, and a lot of, you know, you, you, we embrace chaos as neo-futurists. We say, we, we, we look at what the world is and, and, and put our, you know, our, we're in the world and we reflect back and amplify voices and tell stories. But like when you take away some of the fundamentals of what we can do as a community theatrically, as we, what we can do as people, like you just, you don't have answers right away. And part of it was just getting people together and talk about it and, and, and provide support because even, you know, the first few days, let alone the first few weeks, let alone the first few months of, of being in a pandemic and then adding the, the, the murders of, of, of all these George Floyd and, and so many other people and, and protests like, like the world is the, the chaos is, is different. Yeah. It's almost like what we were doing before was, you know, embracing a manufactured chaos almost. Right. And, and so you, so part of what we needed to do was what, and what I felt was a part of a big part of my role was help us bolster support of not only the people in the community, the, the people in the company, the people in, you know, but, but, but then what outwardly facing, what can we do? Right. What, how do we do that as a company? How do we support people in ways? Yeah. We can tell our stories and, and, and amplify voices and that's important, but, but how, where, where is the support? What, how are people getting by day to day and how is that changing? You know, one of the things we'd say, we said early on, it's like, we're going to do these artistic things as we can and their experiments. We don't know, where we're going to, but if you aren't able to do it, that's totally fine. Yeah. It's, 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 you, uh, it's individual, an individual choice. And if you want to be a part of it, great. You want to be a part of it today and not tomorrow. Great. But take, take what you need, what you need to do to take care of yourself. And how can we help? That's, that's terrific. Um, I, 
it's nice to see, and that's what I'm hoping this series will inspire, sort of an evolution of progress. Mm. The people figuring it out. I know um, uh, when it first happened, after about four days, I put out something on, on my Facebook page saying if anybody wanted to do a, a podcast with me to sort of talk about what they were doing, what they were getting through, I'd be happy to. And I got no response. Usually if I do that, I have three or four people who want to do a show. Um, and I was talking to my husband about it, and he was like, okay, this just happened. Their heads are probably spinning. They're dealing with not what they want to do, you know, three months down the line, but what they're going to do today and tomorrow. And so I had to realize that and, 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 and give people their space for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll just add in that world, like, you know, we're, we're dealing with art and how do we, and that's one thing, but we're, but it's people and how, and, and, and the people are the people that make up the company, the people that support the company and all that. And we have, we had a model where a majority of our company's income was based on in-person events, shows, gigs, and workshops. And, and we didn't know it exactly then, but like over the time, like all that's gone, all that, all that way of, of, of getting financial support for our company, financial support to pay people that, that disappeared. How do you, how do you change that? So that, that also comes into it, but you, but the, the, the part about supporting the people comes first, right? Like, right. You have to worry about that. Yeah, I was I was super grateful for um, for the fact that Rob Rob's first response was an artistic as an artistic director when everything went down was to create these weekly check ins and Rob was calling ensemble members every day to to make sure we were good to see if we were feeling okay you know just to just to continually check in with people. And uh, I think there are a lot of theater spaces where that kind of care from someone in a leadership position is, uh, is just not there, you know? And so I, I, I think that a big part of why we've even been able to continue creating art at all has been the, the care and the intention uh, that, that we've been putting into our community. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. And for me, that's like something that's like challenging and not right. Like I think that, I think that for a lot of theater artists, like the theater is the community space. The people you make theater with is the community space. And I think like a lot of that obviously is like shifting and dynamic. I do think that like a simple starting point is really to ask, how do we take care of our artists? Right? Like how do we take care of the people in the community as, as dynamics start to shift and change? And, like, that as a central question is essential for, like, creating, being able to create, like, a space for people to thrive in. Um, and, and thrive is an interesting word, right? Like, I think we're all on some kind of a spectrum between surviving and thriving right now. Um, but I, I definitely think that, like, 
It's not easy in that loss of community is hard. It's easy in that, like, you really just have to ask the question, like, how do we take care of each other when, when things start to change? And then it's not just one person. It's not just up to one person. It's about having that network and making sure that, you know, people are talking to each other and, and if they, if, you know, they need whatever they need, we can help them find that or, or, or provide that depending if we have it or not, you know, back in my day, we called that the phone tree. Yeah. That's kind <laughs> of what it was like. Like everybody called this person calls and, or is it just everybody just took it upon themselves to just stay in contact? I think it's been a couple different, I, I think it's sort of manifested in a couple different ways. I think that there has been sort of the, the phone tree. I think that we've created these consistent spaces where everyone can, you know, be on a zoom call hanging out and just uh-huh. checking in and you can get a feel for, for your collaborators and your friends and their energy and how they're like, are you looking okay? <laughs> you yeah. know, do you look just exhausted? Do I need to check in with you afterwards? Um, so yeah. And, and like, even on our, we use, we use Slack for a lot of just logistics within the company. What is that? And I'm sorry. What's Slack? It, it's like a messaging platform that oh. allows us to, to sort of not be on, email chains all the time, right? Um, which is great. But we, uh, I, I created a mutual aid section on our Slack so that when, when we were finding like resources for artists who were completely out of work, uh, it, you know, grant opportunities, um, information about unemployment, like we could put all of these resources in one place so that, so that there was a, a spot, you know, because, uh-huh. Receiving all of that information about, okay, I have to have this application done by this deadline so that I can buy groceries next week. It's very, it's stressful. Right. And so having a spot, having a spot for those things was, I think, also important. And I think having those channels of communication, part of it, doing the art like the podcast hit play and cyber wrench, which launches launches at the end of the month on the 29th is, is another part of it. But then, but then there's also the, the, the kind of skill share and the development that we've really been able to put in, in these times. Um, uh, Anthony's leading led a workshop yesterday and is leading another one in, in digital production today. Uh, a has been doing some great work with us and leading us in anti-racism work. And, and having things where we're developing and, and supporting people and not only giving them ways to find out about opportunities for jobs, but, but expanding our, our collective knowledge and our, our capabilities, I think is really important. Yeah, I think that's something that's been really uh, about how we've been approaching things that I've really enjoyed is that I feel like a lot of it has been just we are trying to make space and we're not saying, okay, now everyone in the ensemble you got to do this thing. You got to make this art so that you can still be a part of this company. No, we're just saying, here are the things we're trying to create space for. And if you want that space to use your voice, to share your ideas, like we want to make that space for you, but we're not saying, okay, time to go to time to go to your art job, make the art. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's great. You know, um, I, I am, a playwright and a screenwriter. And uh, when I started to get a little traction on my career, I, I went to 
I'm so neurotic that I have to see a psychologist for success. So that's pretty much what we talked about as, as things were evolving with, with my writing career. Um, and I asked her, I said, what's, how can I best handle this? And this is a lady who dealt with a lot of people in, in, in New York and LA, a lot of art, art artist types. And she said, Sean, my number one piece of advice is that if you make the relationships that you have with people in these systems, the number one priority, you will always be successful. And mm-hmm. that really just kind of pop, popped out to me when you were talking about how at first it was just like touch base to make sure everyone is okay as a human being. And I, I think that's, that's really cool. I think I, I love that you sort of espoused, whether you knew it or not, you espoused that philosophy from, 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 um, my psychologist. So that's, that's very, very cool. Okay. Um, Anthony, go into a little bit more detail about your, um, your involvement in shifting everything over into, uh, a sort of a cyber, uh, show, uh, cause it's called yeah. cyber wrench. So that's cool. Yeah. Uh, which is, seems like what, what was one of the things that kept everybody going through this, it gave everybody hope. Sure. Um, yeah, we, we're just trying to, as I was saying before, make space for that art to be, uh, to, to have some sort of platform. Um, we really just wanted to just have it be open. We, there was sure Julia and I were like, cause we have background in making podcasts. We we're like, great. We know how to get a podcast off the ground. Right. Let's, let's launch this ship. Um, but we then just really tried to open it up as much as we could, trying to get any input, being like, saying, we have this idea for what a podcast, a neo-futurist podcast might look like. Let's, we want to know what you want to be making, um, seeing what kind of ideas were brought to pitch uh, in terms of plays, and then adjusting accordingly. Um, really trying to play around with what uh, an audio because we, we when we talk about the plays that we're bringing into the show we don't call them plays we call them audio experiments because everything that we've been doing here is very much an experiment um, trying to see um, how we can tell stories or just bring things across through an audio medium and so with that now rolling along we uh uh, the the special events team that we have within the company, we're talking about putting a live show together because there's something about that liveness. I believe all four of us here were a part of the Orchard Project's liveness lab, um, just talking about what liveness means in general and very specifically in these times. What is that now? What is the Orchard pro- Progress? Uh, Tell me, what, what was that again? I'm sorry. The Orchard Project uh, had a group called the Liveness Lab um, where we were talking about a bunch of different ideas around liveness and technology um, with some really great panelists and speakers. And we had uh, special groups talking about specific um, aspects in that discussion. Um, So we I'm sorry, was this a response to COVID-19 or is this something that's gone on for a while? Specifically, a response for COVID nineteen. Yeah, I believe so. Correct. Okay. Yeah, I see Rob nodding his head. So yeah, very cool. <laughs> wow. And so you, you you said all of a sudden, like you're the main focus of shifting 
things around because you're the one you and uh, Julia. Yes, we were can make it happen with your experience. Right. And so we then tried to create a platform for people to bring in whatever wild ideas that they may have. Like, like we do, we just tried to kind of re bring that uh, sense of community found in the room when we're coming together on Tuesday evenings, pitching plays, trying to come out with new ideas for um, what we want to bring um, to, to our audience. Um, and then with uh, Rob and Katie, we decided to um, uh, create a live show um, to experiment with that even more, playing with what we can do with having people see us in real time again, um, playing around with how video works within neofuturism. And there's been a whole lot of video work that we've been doing in addition to uh, the podcast work. There's been so we've been trying to really break out. Um, yes, a lot of our effort has gone into um, the podcast, and I realize that I'm going off in many different tangents here, but I think that's because we've You're been fine. doing a lot of different things. Yeah. yeah. I, I was just going to say that that we're doing Hit Play. Anuj was leading up the... We were doing weekly short films, and Katie was heading up special events that we were trying to do a couple times a month. And we have a Patreon that was hopefully funding uh, the ability of artists to create in this. And then so our pride show, and we did, we did <laughs> and a, we did a, pride a live pride show. And um, Katie and Anuj currently are in the San Francisco uh, Neo Futurist Weekly Show, and Kyra is doing the Chicago Neo Futurist Weekly Show. And so we have all these things kind of swirling, and from those experiences comes Cyber Ridge. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I personally, like, I was so, so excited when Hit Play, our podcast, started happening. And I found that, like, I, I loved listening so much and I loved making audio experiments, but I kept having this, like, I, I kept finding myself saying, okay, I, I, I miss the people. I miss, like, the response I, I think that was something that I, that, that absence, I really felt in my body. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so I think with all of these different things that we're, that we're trying, all of these different containers, it's really a continuation and an attempt to, to replicate that feeling of, starting a timer for an hour in our in the infinite wrench and trying to do as many plays as possible i think we're still trying to like sort of give ourselves enough structure where we can where we can create infinitely but it's harder when you have to get used to a whole new set of tools it's hard yeah, one of one of the things that I've been thinking about specifically in terms of like relationships between um, like us making art for the show versus like outside and all these different mediums. One of the things that stays really consistent for me is the challenge of just like what mediums can we dive into, right? Like, I think that's one of the things we're always asking on stage is like, how do we just bring different forms of art to the stage? Whether it's like visual forms or making live sculptures um, or or simple machines or videos, you know, all of these things. Um, 
like we all perform as ourselves. And so there's this really beautiful process of like tapping into the personal narrative or communal narrative. And then saying, how does this translate into another form besides just telling you what happened, you know, and that stays like really exciting. And in, in digital form, we get to play with all different things. You know, we've made like coloring books and coloring pages, um, like all, like just all different types of mediums are being explored, um, and played with. And, and that feels like something that's stayed consistent about the making process is just saying like, what's the narrative that we are experiencing? And then how does this, uh, like abstract or, or transpose into, into another medium? Um, and now like, it doesn't just have to be the mediums that we can bring into the crane. It can be like any medium we want to explore. And like, that's, and and then the idea of being able to explore any medium turns a huge part of the process into documentation. Like the sharing is in the documenting of the thing we are exploring and doing and centering documentation and process as an art form, I think is incredible. <laughs> I think it's like <laughs> revolutionary to I how would've. most theaters function. Yeah, um, I never even so, yeah. thought that, but that's great. It's a great like realization. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and like we are a company that already was taking constraints and using them as gifts to give us art or to create art out of. And these are new constraints. And it's, it's like what the cyber wrench is, isn't like, Oh, we've got to do a show um, online. It's like, no, we're creating an event eight o'clock uh, the last Saturday every month. And it's the cyber wrench and it's taking that and, and putting it out there. It's, it's embracing all the stuff on news. We're just talking about, about mediums and, and how we're creating and, and then going, and you don't even have to be in the same place as us to see this now, right? That's 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 a that's a gift. You can you you can be anywhere, as, as we say. You can be in your bathtub as long as you don't drop your computer in the bathtub. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> or your phone. I mean, you know, or your phone. Your, yeah, your yeah. phone's not going to electrocute you. I don't think. Don't don't, don't, yeah, don't try it. Don't try it. Don't try. Yeah, that's just. Yeah, not I, I, I never said that. Um, <laughs> now, now, your performance style has such a sense of immediacy to it. Um, it's it, and it, you have four core principles that that you all abide to when it comes to anything that you do. Uh, you are who you are. You are where you are. You are doing what you are doing, and the time is now. Now, have those core principles and that sense of immediacy uh, helped and assisted you in bridging this gap to go online? Is there? Can you can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I feel for me, we we build this muscle as neo futurists on stage to be as responsive and as present as possible. And so I think that that muscle being already sort of developed and that uh, it, it, it demands a self-awareness and a continual uh, sort of like processing what is happening at all times and making sure that, that you are, you are alive in the world and you are engaging with the world uh, because that is, that is, that's what we need to make our art. You know, that's the material. That's our, that's the fabric that we're weaving. So I'm, I'm super grateful that that muscle was built already. Right. Because I think that, um, 
I think that perfectionism is, is a, the curse of the artist. <laughs> um, and in neo-futurism, there's no time for perfectionism. So you have to, you have to respond. You have to speak. And so the way that we do that is to find the, the kernel of truth in what we're trying to make art about. You know, is this play, is this play a, a, a bearing of my soul? And how do I find a little nugget that shows you my soul? Or is this play about connecting with other people and uh, reminding us of that physical connection that, that we're missing, that a lot of us are missing? How do I do that? Um, so I think just the continual process in neo-futurism of getting, getting straight to the heart of it has been has has allowed us to do this. It's also <laughs> the um the the biggest hurdle for me I think has been the question of how to handle the time is now. Right? The fourth sort of tenet of neo-futurism is that mm-hmm. the time is now we are experiencing we are experiencing this together right now. But when you're making a video that someone is watching whenever they're watching it, how does that change? I think that's been a big question for me. And so there's not only this investigation of what's going on for me, the artist, but also how do I create something that's going to still be true and real and and vital and alive for someone who is watching two weeks from now or a month from now or who stumbles onto the New York neo-futurists in a year and says, oh, what's this? How do I make art that's still alive then? That's often a question for writers. So I I hear you totally. It's like, how is this going to be, what's going to change in the future? You almost have to be a somewhat of an amateur prophet to sort of figure out. I think it's a very, I think it's a very like spiritual uh, task, you know, it's because it's about not only what we are sort of, uh, providing as catharsis in in telling our own stories, but also how are we creating a collective moment? And I think that it is uh, it is sort of heightened and sort of like I, I think it's a holy thing. Yeah, I mean, I I also just guess that makes me think about like the importance of reducing the presence of a need for perfection, right? Mm-hmm. Of like thinking, where will this thing land in the future? Um, like I think audiences are brilliant and communities are brilliant and they will do the work with the work we make anyways, right? And so a part of perfectionism, I think, is wanting to align what we create with a certain thing that we want to be heard or listened to or experienced. Um, and like, at the end of the day, like we don't have full agency over that anyways. And so it's like, why try to perfect this thing that A, isn't intended to be perfected. And then if B becomes too didactic, like honestly just takes away from the knowledge, the like ability of our audiences and the people who interact with the work, right? Like I I just like love so much what Katie said that like there's no time for perfection in neo-futurism. Because for me, that's like one of the things about being in this ensemble that I'm just like, I think we like we were set up for this time in a way that we're still able to make things because we function off of like an intense sense of presence, right? And I mean that in like 
both the most and least cliche, cliche, cliche way possible, you know, like it really is about dismantling perfection and like the tremendous impact that perfectionist standards have on so many communities through literally just being like, who am I in this moment? And what is the relationship between that and the world around me? Right. And it might fly with other people in the way that I want it to. And it might fly in a way that they get to build connection to it in their own way. And both of those are completely fine. You know? Yeah. And I'll yeah. just say, and the, and the, and the, and the importance of the authenticity that we bring, like, like as neo-futurists, like that authenticity is a, is a baseline. And, and if you're being authentically you in whatever the play or the, the experiment is like, that just is that. And no matter what happens, if the, if the sound goes out or, or, you know, it, it's, it's an event. And that's why I think that with cyber wrench or with what we did in the, in the pride show too, the pride week, we did a whole week. Um, when we're having these interactions, we, it, you can't help but be neo-futurist because it's happening right now. And anything that happens is valid. And you fall back on the, that's if, if, if there are things that happen that you didn't plan for, that's okay. Cause I'm still me and I'm just doing my, I'm just doing my thing and you're still you and we're all doing our thing together and it's going to be something and it's going to be real. Yeah. I feel like oftentimes when we're doing, Ooh, <laughs> like that, exactly yeah, like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so much the time so, is now. The time is right <laughs> now. Time for a phone call, I guess. <laughs> Multiple platforms. <laughs> Sorry. No, uh, it's, it's it's a great it's great. Um, I, I was going to say that so much of the time when we're in the theater and we're looking at what do we need for next week, we so much. I frequently we frequently hear the 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 need or the want for mess, and like sure that can mean like throwing a pineapple against the wall but uh, uh, which creates a very physical mess but I think that also calls back to what we're wanting here in the time is now things are going to go wrong and going back to a new your point of documentation I think there's something like really beautiful in like going back and looking at like oh here is the mess that we made and here is the beauty and the that has come from that mess where where does that mess lead us um and uh i really uh, enjoy following the mess well i have to say that uh, you've done so much work on on your mission statement and your core principles and i think it's like any government not to compare you guys to a government but um if if the work is there then when difficulty happens when trauma happens and tragedy happens if your principles are solid and and really really well thought out then they will survive that you can adapt saying okay well this is there and this is we go back to that we go back and ask the principles and the mission what we should do and your question i think most of the time will be answered and so you know congratulations to to all of you for for putting all that together and then staying true, that's, it's, it's really, really nice work. And I think that it's providing when people listen to this, it's going to provide them with, with so much hope, um, all the work that you put into it and, you know, hopefully get them to, 
you know, create their own agendas and their own plans. And, you know, at a time when a lot of people just have a hard time getting up of bed in the morning. Um, so, so great work. Uh, speaking of the future, what are the plans of the New York New Futurists for when we emerge from COVID? And we will. Uh, what does that vision look like? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That is, yeah. it's part of the great <laughs> mystery, I think, for one. Like, I I am, uh, I'm so excited for the, it, it feels like a mythical day when we'll be able to go into our theater, which will look very different because of, because of like renovations to make it safe. Um, I read about that in the crane. Yeah. Yeah. They've been, they've been doing a lot of hard work to make it as safe to as safe as possible to return to theaters whenever we are able to. Um, And so I'm, I'm excited for that day. And I think in the immediate future, we, we continue to build this newfound uh, platform that we're creating now. You know, I, I think that, I think that there are so many questions about what theater is going to look like when we come back. Uh, I, I think there are questions about, there, there are so many exciting opportunities in thinking about, okay, how do we, what if we continue doing cyber wrench? What if we continue our online offerings um, so that we can continue building community even beyond where we are physically? Uh, so I think I, for me, it's the excitement of this hybrid that theater can become where theater is not, not just the place where we physically gather, but it's also this wider, uh, more expansive, more experimental uh, curious, joyful way of creating. Great. Yeah, and I think it's crucial that we're bringing all of that into the theater as well. Yeah. Like all of this like experimentation, like questioning, like as Anuj was saying before, uh, we are always trying to, in this theater, what can we do to change how we're telling these stories? And that's, a, that's expanded out so much Um really living in all these digital platforms, getting comfortable with all these digital platforms. And I think there's so much ability to bring those digital platforms back into the physical space. And we have such a much more exciting physical space when we bring those in there. And we're already bringing, trying to bring that physicality into the digital. Let's bring it back and then back again and then back (laughs) again until we have just uh, infinite art ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, anybody else want to speak to that? I'm, I'll just add that I think that, you know, most speculating on going back is a, is a, is a thing that we've definitely done in the liveness lab. We've done as a company, you know, the whole theater, theater community, theater, the whole community, <laughs> uh, and, it, and it's happening differently in different countries and, and even in different States. 
Um, I'm intrigued to see if I can even make it to Massachusetts, the social distance godspell up there um, in a tent. Um, the uh, Keynes, I couldn't get tickets to. It's sold out. There's an immersive quinceanera project that, that's happening this weekend. Um, but but that being said, for us, the crane has changed. Arez has done some great work there about how we're probably looking at a time where already where artists can go in there and stream from there. And then there's going to be a time where artists can go in and stream from there. I mean, it's all like socially distanced and careful and a few audience members can come and be, see the show live. And then that will probably build up and build up and build up until I think you have maybe a full theater and artists and everything's similar to what it was, but we're also, I think going to embrace the technology. Like, like Anthony's saying, we're experimenting with these new technologies that no longer do you have to show up at a time and place to see the play, see the show. You, it can be, you can stream it, you can be somewhere else, you can be in your bathtub, and you can still see whatever's happening in that theater. And um, we should be making plays specifically for to be seen in your bathtub. <laughs> Maybe as long as they're not filmed in the bathtub. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, I, they will be filmed in the bathtub. <laughs> you know, I think that's another thing. I think that, like, for me personally, as an artist, like, like, like sexuality and rawness is such a vital part of art making. And it's something that we, that we get when we go to the theater. Like you've got a hundred bodies in a room that are sweating on a July night and we're making performance art for you. Like there's a, there's a rawness and an energy to that. And I think that that's another challenge that we get to explore in the digital space is like, how do we, how do we get that sort of like exciting, um, uh, it, like I hate using this word because it sounds so silly, but like naughty, like, like, Ooh, we're not supposed to be doing this. I, I think that there's a lot of joy in that too. So yeah, I'm now I'm going to ride a bathtub play. Yeah. And, well, and, I'm kind and, of a very juvenile person. So <laughs> when I see nudity on stage, I'm like, what do I do? Do I laugh? Do I look at it? Do I look away? I don't know what those, sorry, Rob, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Please I've, continue. No, it depends on the nudity for that. Um, and, and the context, <laughs> right? Um, and your personal feelings about it. But yeah, I was just going to say part of it is like, how do you in this, in this space it, it, engage all the different senses too? Like, how do you, you know, and yes, like physical touch and smell and, you know, we, it's, it's, it's easier to control, um, from a digital aspect, sound and, and sight, but, but, or input there and control, you can't control it. But, but, but how do you engage other things? And, and yeah, putting it in the bathtub or whatever, you know, we had a, a great panelist who was talking about, you know, candles and scents and, and how you integrate that. And I think that there are a lot of, a lot more experiments that we're going to try to attempt as we, as we do the cyber wrench and, and ask people to be a part of what that event is. Wow. Um, I did want to mention that uh, um, I don't know if any of you know who Chris Jones is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a critic for the Chicago Tribune. He often reviews uh, New York theater and London theater. He just wrote an article where he went to London and they're doing a um, COVID friendly, for lack of a better word, production of Jesus Christ Superstar there. And it, it, it he does a really, really good job outlining what he saw as far as all the precautions that 
were being taken um, and, and what he learned as he was talking to people about the, like the director only worked with one actor at a time. They very rarely did scene work. He did it from behind plexiglass. Um, the, the orchestra is spread out all over the place. If anyone is, is interested in that, it's again, it's Chris Jones, um, uh, Chicago Tribune, and he did Jesus Christ Superstar, which or they did Jesus Christ Superstar, and that's what he's discussing. It's very, very thorough um, as far as, as as him outlining all the precautions that, that they took, and they and it's also outside. It gets in um, Regents Park, um, but yeah, it's I, I very much enjoyed reading that. That's actually on my Facebook page. If anybody wants to go visit my Facebook page, or you could just look it up on Chicago Tribune with Chris Jones. So. Um, well, Neos, I'm so glad I got to talk to you again. <laughs> yeah, it's thanks for having fun. us. Oh, yeah, of course. It was it was absolutely my pleasure, and you know, thank you for being you know the launch show for this. I think your your um, the system of your art is really just lends itself to this um, this transition in, and you know, hopefully, well, not necessarily out, but when we can get when. We all have it's a vaccine. Transformation. It's a transformation. It's, it's really a transformation. I feel like we're all going through this portal together, and uh, you know, we'll 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 find out what it looks like, and we'll co-create what it looks like. Wow! <laughs> I love vision. I love when people have vision. That's so great. You guys. I'm an Aquarius. I'm just an Aquarius. <laughs> <laughs> Aquarians have vision. Yes, it's true. I'm I'm cancer, so I just usually just sit Aww. and cry all the time. And you, sweetie. Ah, oh, thank you. <laughs> that was the right thing to say. <laughs> okay, before we go, uh, please tell our audience where they can find you and keep up with your plans for the present and the future. I can take that. I can talk about it. So, as you've heard, we have a million things going on. And um, we have a link tree, which is the best spot for you to access all of our offerings. So if you go to linktr.ee slash NYNF, that gives you access to our Patreon, where you can get CyberWrench tickets. It gives you a ticket link if you just want to see one CyberWrench show. Uh, it gives you a link to hit play so you can listen to our podcast and YouTube and our YouTube. <laughs> Everything New York Neo Futurist is going to be on that link. Uh, you can also follow us at uh, NY Neo Futurists on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, so yeah, find us online and there are a million ways that we can, uh, that, that you can join the experiment. Yeah, you're well established. So, just looking up, just a general search will will take you there. Um, so, <laughs> seriously, but you know, I feel old bringing up a phone tree when you have a link tree. <laughs> wow, <laughs> damn, <laughs> showing my age big time. The phone well, comes back in COVID. That's what's. I mean, I, I've been on the phone more during the pandemic this year than I have in the last decade. Have you? Yeah. Oh, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I don't really like the phone. I'd rather text, but I've been, I'm doing a lot more, you know, zoom calls with family and things like that. As, as a writer, it's usually all done through email or, mm -hmm. or text or something like that, but I'm not nearly as popular as you guys. So I expect <laughs> that your phones are ringing off the hook. 
Not even once. Not even once. <laughs> that's, that's me. I'll call you, Katie. Okay. <laughs> See? Keep that phone tree going. I know. And yeah. the link tree, too. All the yeah. trees. All the trees. Yeah. And, and, then, and then join us um, on, on uh, August 29th at 8 o'clock and watch what we've created in the Cyber Ranch. That, you know, just figured I'd say that, too. You should. <laughs> That's good. Of course. Of course. You definitely want to promote that. Well, thank you for being with us, New York Neo-Futurists. You're all amazing, and I wish you so many broken legs as we navigate our way towards a, a, a better or a different future for theater. You're all amazing. Thanks, Sean. Thank you, Sean. Oh, great thank you. It's much love. Much, much love. Much love. Lots of love. I, where for you guys. I think the idea of centering a different future is exciting. Mm. Yes. You know, yeah. I think better implies that people already know what to do to make it better, but I don't think that's Ooh. the case. <laughs> mm-hmm. I really love the idea of that intention of like, let's set towards a different future for theater. You're all visionaries. I'm glad that that's where your mind goes. Mm-hmm. Things like this happen. That's, that's, this is what we need. And this is what we need to hear. So great job. You're, you're all super. Thank you. Thanks. You're great. All right. um, well, folks, a proverbial 11 o'clock number has been sung. The vows have been taken, so it's time to lower the curtain. Once again, big thanks to the New York Neo-Futurists. They were sensational. You can find more episodes of Your Program Is Your Ticket at facebook.com, backslash Your Program Is Your Ticket. Um, I'm on Twitter at, at Program Ticket. Uh, your Program Is Your Ticket is on iTunes and SoundCloud, and now on the theater website, Thespie, which is a theater platform that is run out of London in the UK. So that's two mentions for London. You're welcome, London. Uh, uh, Give me a good rating. Write me a review. Subscribe. As you know, that helps with your your, um, profile. Um, And a quick thanks to North Coast NYC, the hip-hop improv theater ensemble that does my intro and outro music for uh, the podcast. You might be hearing it right now. Folks, take a little time to visit theater websites and see what they have to offer as we transition through and out of this pandemic. Watch their content, give them all great reviews, ratings, and most importantly, donate, donate, donate. All of these companies, they need money. They really, really do. A lot of their ticket sales that they count on, not where they normally are, if they even are. So... So show some love that way. It's, it's really nice if you do. Until our next show, so long, theater people. And curtain. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.